Welcome back to Embodied Experience with Lauren and Sylvie. We are so excited to be bringing our next topic to you guys. Um, We've really been chatting through, you know, adversity, fear. Obviously, if you've listened to the last two podcasts of us coming back, finding presence in our own lives, but that really has come from a lot of heart fatigue, which was our topic two episodes ago. Because of all the circumstances of the world, it's just been a lot from the pandemic to this Afghan refugee crisis to just the things happening in our own lives. But we really want to share today about how those things have grown us, have taught us so much and really matured us. And really, it's this idea that in adversity is where we need to lean in most because we can have contentment and comfort in the world and those are nice things but we're not really pushing ourselves we're not really challenging ourselves in those times it's when we really have to dig deep we have to you know think outside of ourselves so that we can maintain some level of sanity that then we make it through. And then we learn from those times and we grow from those times. We become stronger and, and wiser. And so, Sylvie, I'm not really sure how we want to kick this off. I guess I kind of kicked it off by explaining, you know, leaning into adversity and, and why we should do it, kind of why we've been doing it. But I don't know, do you have like a specific story or is there something you'd like to share uh, again, that's more specific that maybe we can chat through. Uh, I'll be thinking about it as well. Um, but adversity that you've recognized that you've just learned, gained so learned and gained so much from in in these past um, few months. Uh, certainly, anything from the past is a great thing to share. But I think you know, speaking more relevantly uh, about where where we've been, where we're coming from, and and how we've been leaning in. Because I think that's really been the message of encouragement I'd love to share with everybody today. Oh, yes, this is a great topic and one that really hits close to home right now because it's been an interesting shift to recognize where I was mentally prior to the COVID pandemic and where I am now. And I think the biggest shift has been that I've had to really prioritize self-care and boundary setting for myself in order to maintain my mental health and peace of mind. Um, So prior to COVID and, you know, the world was just the world and things were the way they were. And I think I found adaptive strategies and how to accept it. And I was in this really peaceful place in my life in which, you know, I've shared much of my story in which I went away for a few years. I lived overseas. I was immersed in um, yoga and meditation and living in ashrams and teaching in different studios and just connecting and learning with people from all walks of life and different cultures and finding this really um, sense of peace within myself and knowing who I am and what it is I off- I can bring and offer to the world and just uh, kind of in that groove. And, you know, of course, I was still dealing with 
everyday human experiences, you know, love, connection, all of those things. But I felt really at peace with um, kind of how I operated in the world. And then COVID happened and then things shut down and then the work job changes. And then all of us everywhere across the globe, life as we knew it was put into question. And so structures were shifted, um, things we relied on to either fill ourselves up or distract ourselves or ways that we could avoid dealing with things we weren't ready to deal with. All of those things were kind of thrown out the window, if you will. And now we live in a world where all of us are a little frazzled. And so all of a sudden what used to work for me and what I, like the groove I found was working for me doesn't really work anymore. I don't feel as patient and as peaceful because I'm trying to kind of figure out my own stuff while still working with people who are figuring out their stuff. And it, it is not as easy as it used to be. Maybe this sounds selfish, maybe this sounds immature, I don't know, but it's just my own experience. Um, and that it's been harder to kind of think clearer and, um, I don't know, just be at peace with others. So it's been um, kind of, like you said, helping me to think outside of myself, outside of myself and the internal pressure has helped me to further recognize the lack of boundaries I may have in my life when it comes to people pleasing. Um, it also has shown me where my irritation sets in. And so um, if I feel like I'm getting short with people or losing patience, it shows me where within myself I may still be lacking. And... um what it's really done, though, is kind of minimized my 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 desire to be so externally validated. And it's been much more of a situation in which I just, I don't know, I it's like hard to put into words, but I guess I'm just so much more focused on how I feel now because I have to be because... No, as a, as a highly sensitive, empathic person, when I'm at work and I'm practicing and exchanging with so many people, it's easy for me to take on their energy. And right now, I think the world is filled subconsciously with fear and anxiety and stress and nervousness. And to so many, they're not even aware that, that that's what they're experiencing. Um, and so it's easy for me to take that on and confuse it with my own. And uh, like I said before, I was pretty clear on on where I stood and where everybody else stood. So it was easy for me to serve as a guide. And now I have to really uh, consciously choose how I'm relating to others, uh, making sure I'm putting up my own boundaries um, and prioritizing my own self-care because that heart fatigue has really kind of pushed me into a corner to be like okay Sylvie what is it that you are feeling and what is it that you need to do right now in order to feel better in order to find your peace and what do you need to do to keep it and how are you going to protect it and I don't think I ever really felt that way before it was just more of like oh okay protect yourself and help others protect themselves and 
figure out that, you know, you kind of learn how to be in the world, and now the world is different, and so, um, I guess that's my example, is my patience has for sure been challenged, and so it's teaching me how to, I don't know, maintain it in, in a more, uh, I don't want to say volatile, but in a more uncertain environment. So that's my example, just learning new adaptive and coping strategies. And I've had to do that by leaning into the adversity. So going, I'm so sorry, I just lost that theme, but going back into the adversity and that is managing my own fears and insecurities and nervousness and, the, and all of the changing circumstances while still nav- like navigating that while still dealing with that of those around me. And it's just... Um, I don't know, I guess it's forced me to become a little bit more self-reliant, more so than I was before. I think that's always been within me, but I just didn't need it as strongly as I do now. And so that's my example because, um, yeah, it's, it's just not as easy anymore as it used to be. Lauren, does that resonate with you? And what are your thoughts? I'd love to hear it. I know that I can go on and on and on and on. Um, so hopefully I'm, my words are, are finding some, some meaning for you. Your words definitely find meaning always with me, Sylvie. I think they probably do with our listeners too. Um, I think two things for me came up while you were speaking. The first uh, being about kind of having a compass or a guide to how to work through things prior to lockdowns and COVID and pandemic. And now being around a lot of people and they have a lot of, or they're bringing a lot of their stuff to work through and you have your own stuff to work through. And it just made me think of this talk by Brene Brown. I think it's on Netflix. It's a call to courage, I believe, maybe. Don't quote me on that. But she has this one quote in there, and it's like, we've got to stop working our shit out on other people. <laughs> and it's so true. Like, I sense it all the time with my neighbor situation. It's still not great. Um, you know, I've tried to reach out in kindness and love. And, you know, this last time I reached out, and it was just through text message. She sent me a note back and was like, I don't want to receive anything from you, Lauren. Um, please respect my boundaries. And I immediately, my feelings were hurt, but I was, you know, I I said a prayer and I was just like, you know, God, like just soften her heart because she's just hardened her heart. And I think that's ultimately when we start working our shit out on other people is our hearts have become hard and we're not willing to go seek help where help can be given, whether it's somebody to talk to, somebody to pray with, um, you know, even just turning to God. Um, and finding some sort of comfort in the fact that it's okay to not be okay. And I think the world tells us that it's not okay to not be okay because we're supposed to have our shit figured out. <laughs> and thus we turn around and we work our shit off on other people. So pardon the language, uh, I am quoting. But, but then the other thing that comes to mind is you, you, you spoke about pressure. And I think about adversity puts the pressure on and when we when we are squeezed we really see what comes out of us so adversity squeezes us 
And what comes out of us can really be telling. And I think it's important for us to really recognize, you know, what is it telling us? And Sylvia, I think you do such a great job of explaining how you've experienced what you've been recognizing in yourself and, and taking a step back, pausing, recognizing what you need. I think the same is, is happened or has happened for me and, you know, similar in different ways. Um, for me, you know, as most recent, uh, you know, feeling or battling this feeling of laziness, uh, granted I was super sick for two months, but like sick to the point, I mean, I'd lost 20 pounds. I was puking like daily. It was really bad. I did get my COVID vaccine at the same time. So I'm sure that had something to do with it. Plus I live in a very rural area where I don't have access to a whole lot of food, which made it difficult. Um, had a lot of food aversions, so cooking was next to impossible. And then having someone cook for me was really tough because the smells would just make me feel sick. And so my other three pregnancies, I lived in areas where I could eat out more, and that's so helpful. But I was, you know, really wrestling with this adversity in my own life of like, I feel so bad. I'm so depleted of all physical energy because I can't get enough food in my body I'm throwing everything up. I mean, like I was throwing water up. It was just awful. Um, And I really feel like God brought me to my knees in that time. And I really leaned into him to recognize that, you know, what I think is laziness is what the world has told me laziness is because I'm totally a type A, go-getter, do lots of things, always busy, always filling my time with... um, projects and productivity and I think it really took me being so sick I couldn't even muster the energy to like get up sometimes to really recognize that this isn't laziness and laziness isn't isn't not being productive it's you know pausing and taking account for everything that's happening around us, you know, so regardless of me being sick, I mean, now that I can do and, and, and could be more productive, I'm definitely more tempered about jumping into things. I'm, I'm more conscious and cautious and slow in my movements through the day. You know, I, I'm not quick to think or quick to act. I take my time and I, what's the scripture? It's, um, I think it's Galatians 5, 22, 23. At the end of that scripture, it says, you know, when we do things God's way, we're able to marshal our energies wisely. And it's never been truer. I, I think honestly, the pandemic has put us in a space where we can really learn how the world was just keeping us busy and hurried. And now we can marshal our energies wisely because we've had to become so much more aware of how we were using our energies because we can't use them that same way anymore. So hopefully that makes sense. I'm not sure if any of that resonates with you, Sylvie, but uh, definitely want to pass it back over to you to see, you know, I mean, I know I kind of cherry pick some things I heard you say and, you know, what they were speaking to me. I don't know if you want to cherry pick for me. Uh, you know, kind of volley this conversation a little bit more. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just think that adversity can be so good. And, you know, this big thing that happened with the pandemic really helped us to figure out 
how to do it different. And without such incredible pressure that forced us to look at things differently, we, we wouldn't have or we, we hadn't. So I think it was a good thing. Adversity is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And beautifully captured. Um, it's just been a time where the pressure is on every single person and what's coming out of each of us is different and I think really unexpected in so many ways. Like I'm I'm even thrown off guard with with how I'm reacting and responding and dealing with things. Um, you know, it's funny because you think you know yourself and then crisis happens and circumstances shift and change and all of a sudden you're like, wow, that's still in me. Like, um, so I like really loved what you said about when the pressure's on, whatever's inside of you just comes out, um, good, bad, ugly, and indifferent, right? So when when I reflect on it, it's like we're all in that boat. And I think trying to communicate when you're not in a really clear state yourself and doing so with others who may also not be in a very clear state can get really murky and it can be extra challenging because we have to really check our sensitivities and interpretations and working on not taking things personal and going right back to that idea, Lauren, of um, exactly what Brene Brown said, which is a quote I forgot how much I loved from her, which is we have to stop taking our shit out on other people because it's human nature too for for, uh, all of us to kind of be so engulfed in our own worlds and perspectives and ideas that we forget that it's not the same for everybody else or that they may be coming from a different angle. Um, but when all of that pressure is happening or when things are not going as we are used to, um, which is quite frankly, when shit happens, it's really challenging to stay steady and focused. So, um, yeah, taking those pauses is imperative. Um, you know, it just, I'm just thinking right now, like, I think, uh, if we could honor moments of silence more within our everyday culture, how cool would that be? Like we pray, we, we have moments of silence. I'm thinking about this right now. Like if someone passes away, we want to honor that. We want to recognize that, uh, moments of silence. If we are in America opening up, like with the national anthem for a sports game, and uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other reasons. But those are kind of the main reasons why we'll have moments of silence to acknowledge it. But it'd be so nice if we could just infuse that into our everyday way of living. You know, going back to the idea that the world has for sure conditioned us to like stay busy, stay active, measure our, our self-worth through what we can bring forth um, and you know, much like yourself, Lauren, feeling productive has been so tied to how I um, relate to my intrinsic value. And, you know, we've had so many podcasts on that in the past. And so it it's it makes sense that it keeps coming up because it's, I think, for yourself and for me and for so many of us, we're learning how to unlearn that thought pattern. Um, but going back to that idea, like, 
the world is busy and it's kind of been designed for us to stay busy in order for it to operate. And right now, after this pandemic, um, it almost still feels like some of us are out in the world and some of us aren't. And we're learning new ways to operate. Some people living from home, some people still having to go to the office, um, how we purchase things, how we socialize, all of it's shifting, all of it's changing. And it's, and it's, um, I don't know. It's like, we're in this in-between space where we want to get back to being busy, but yet we also enjoy being a little less busy and slowing down. So how do we find that in between? And it, it would just be cool if we could have moments of silence all the time, like little spurts of meditation. Um, like how cool with it would it be? I'm thinking from my medical practice standpoint, if like every time you went to the doctor or every time you went to go see a therapist or anything like that, you could just take literally 30 to 60 seconds and just have a moment of silence and breathe together and acknowledge the fact that I'm here, I'm present with you. You know, can I kind of leave my shit at the door and you leave yours and we remember why we are meeting here today and then we can be intentional in the way we interact and um and like I was saying before, I think prior to the pandemic, I was so intentional within myself all the time. So it was easier for me to um, work with, with others because I enjoy it. And now, like, I can't even tell you how many times I come across people or patients around my table and I can just sense, like, they're physically here, but mentally they're, like, all over the place because they're stressed. And I completely understand. And I am the same way. Like, I'm not an exception to the rule. Um, I have my own fight, flight, freezes and all of these things. So when I, it's easy sometimes to recognize that in other people. And so when that happens, I get really quiet. I start to breathe. I try to hold space and I'll even just say like, Hey, why don't we just take three deep breaths right now? Like, and we, you know, without an explanation and, and you can sense that people will physically and mentally start to come back to that centered place. Um, and then it changes the whole trajectory of how we interact. Um, so it'd be nice to see that as more common practice within culture. And I guess I equate that practice to finding that center of self, your own nature, the God within, if you will. Um, I love how much you practice what you are learning from the Bible and from your religious studies, Lauren. I I personally have no affiliation with the Bible or with any type of religion, but more so with that spiritual power. And so, um, not that I have anything against it, but it's not something that I lean on as much. But I guess in some ways I do when I think about, okay, if we all can take a breath, if we can all um, remember to take that pause, we can all... I don't know. It's like you connect to that centered self of of being, which I think all of us emanate from this like divine spark, if you will. Um, But when you can speak and be and act from that place rather than um, the place of stress or where the stuff is coming out, you can get more deliberate and conscious in your interactions. Um, and And I really loved how you shared that, Lauren. That was a point you brought up 
that I was like shaking my head. Yes, yes, yes. I hear you, sister. Um, and, and I think many people probably feel that way inside, but it's hard to articulate. You know, there was something that was so jarring about having to slow down. That was a really big adversity for everybody. And now that we have to rev back up again, it's almost like, oh, wait, what? And, and we've been shifted and changed in ways that I don't even know we're aware of yet. Uh, so yeah, when, when we go into adversity, it's reminding to stay anchored. And uh, that's a practice in and of itself. So I just went off on all types of ideas, but hopefully, um, yeah, I guess my takeaway point is try to see if you can, if, if, if that feels like it makes sense for you, try to bring that into your everyday practice. I absolutely love that idea of being very intentional and taking time to take a pause and be silent. And I think it's something that we can each choose to do individually. I, I, you know, I actually think I get a little bit crazy when I see so many, um, governmental mandates rather than, uh, boost in our education about how we can do things better and then allowing people to make the choice for themselves. Uh, the government just like bombarding us with, well, you have to do this now, or you have to do that. Of course, I'm speaking in, in relation to, uh, the COVID vaccine mandates and the new abortion laws in Texas. And that's a whole nother ball of wax that maybe we can talk about on uh, another, another podcast. But, you know, going back to my uh, foundation and roots, you know, where, where God is concerned and well, he's concerned in it all for me um, is, I mean, he gave us choice. I mean, he's all powerful and his greatest commandment for us is to love him and to love each other as we love ourselves, you know, above all else. And he's so powerful that he could make us love him, but he didn't do that. He knew that choice was more powerful because when we internally choose to do something, it's just way more impactful, way more meaningful. It's just stronger. And so I just think that we have got to do a better job of educating and and having these conversations because I mean Sylvie honestly as a medical professional I think that you should take it upon yourself to you know maybe incorporate with your clients just like hey you know just for my practice I feel like taking 30 seconds 60 seconds to just like have a moment of silence and whether people think it's weird or awkward or whatever like it's not about them they have to make the choice but you're the medical professional you're taking the lead I think you should totally start incorporating that I think honestly your clients are going to be better for it. They might, again, they might think it's a little bit odd at first, but I, I guarantee you, I mean, you're basically taking that opportunity to educate them on what pause, pausing looks like and how important it can be on being present, not just physically, but mentally. And, and I think you and I have had so many conversations about how the mental and the physical are connected that if they're not both there, then we're not, we're not going to really absorb anything. So they might be physically there, but if they're mentally not there, then nothing really is going to change in their physical being because they weren't all there. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that I know that I've been incorporating it so much that it completely permeates into how I do life and the people that I'm impacting the most are my kids. And so, 
you know, I've been actively teaching them how to take a pause and how to move slower. But honestly, kids, they already know that, you know, we, we teach kids out of being slow. If you think about like getting to the car, like kids will be painstakingly slow, like putting their shoes on or putting a jacket on or, and it's us adults that are like, come on, hurry up. We got to go, you know, and I have actively made sure that I am recognizing the hurry in me and being like, there's nothing dire. No one's going to die. We don't have to rush. If I'm a few minutes late, it will all be okay. And so, you know, I, I, I hear you talk about, you know, foundations and, you know, guidance in our lives. And it all comes down to, you know, what is our foundation of, you know, absorbing, learning, the education, the the things that are available to us. And, and so often it's just about, you know, what is available to us and what we absorb is unfortunately a lot of not great things because the world is on a loop of fear and uh, a news cycle of supposed to's. (laughs) And I've found in my walk with Christ and, and, reading the Bible, I mean, I really, I mean, I've known God most of my life, um, but I was not very close to him for many years. Um, and it was after some significant things that happened in my personal life, um, that I really found him again and decided to be close to him. But it wasn't until 2018 that I really decided to start reading the Bible every day. Like I was like, I'm going to make this commitment to myself to read the Bible every day. So I do, I read a little bit of something every day. And, you know, I used to think, I mean, even when I first started having kids in 2014, like, you know, people say all the time, oh, I wish that there was, you know, a a guidebook to life or, you know, I would, I wish there was, you know, some sort of manual (laughs) to the whole thing. And there totally is. And it's called the Bible. And the more I read it, the more I'm convinced because, it's just this wealth of, of information and this source for teaching humility and surrendering and gratitude and love and patience and all these incredible virtues that the world just like steals from us because of what it puts on a pedestal as success and, um, I don't know, success and, and the word that comes to mind, the coup de grace of life, like the, you know, what we're all reaching for. And, and it just seems like daily we should be reaching for more patience and more humility and more kindness and more love. And the more we're able to channel that for ourselves, the more we're able to give it. And it's not on our willpower alone that we we can do these things. It's through the strength and power of Christ. Um, I'm fully convinced of it. I know that it's definitely grown me as a person and it does daily. Um, I, I love that piece. And, and thinking about my father in heaven as one of my parents, like if you think about any action you would take, if your parents were standing right next to you, what's the action you would take as opposed to if your parents weren't standing right next to you, what's the action you would take? Like maybe you'd be a little more uh, flippant about your 
reactions when they're not looking or when they're not around. But as soon as they're around, you're definitely more, you know, or you're trying harder. And so I think about my father in heaven and he's, he's omnipresent. So he's everywhere. And so every action I take, I'm very conscious about what I'm doing. I'm not saying I don't still make mistakes, certainly, but he gives so much grace and mercy. And I've actually learned how to forgive myself better. I've learned how to give myself grace and mercy. And and honestly, in learning how to give myself more grace and mercy, I give others more grace and mercy. And I'll be imperfect till the day I die, but I can certainly continue to work and to strive towards all of those beautiful things that he wants for us. Um, I did a Bible study uh, yesterday. I I do one every Wednesday. It's It's a women's Bible study. And we were talking about the law code you know, and I think we can all, or we're all fairly familiar with, you know, churches and um, all the rules and the regulations and the expectations. And, you know, we, when we were doing our study, we were, reading, we were reading in Romans and we we're looking back to the Old Testament. And, you know, we discovered that God never intended us to keep all the rules. Like that's a futile mission because we're imperfect beings. He gave them to us so that we could have them as guidelines, but, you know, guidelines and, and to help us to be better. But he never had this expectation that we would follow them all. There was this, this quote, and it's in a specific version of the Bible, but basically that we are prisoners to our disobedience. And we're prisoners to our disobedience because we are sinful. But when we turn to him, we can grow and learn to be better. And I think that's the that's the ultimate goal is to be better tomorrow than you were today. And there's another scripture that talks about, you know, focus on today. Tomorrow will take care of itself because today's got enough to worry with. I love that one. I repeat that one to myself all the time. And I apologize for going off on the tangent of scripture and to keep quoting. But this this is really the guide of my life and what helps me to take whatever lessons of adversity that have come my way and reframe them and understand them and utilize them um, rather than just like, oh, the adversity's come and now it's gone. And well, I guess I learned something and maybe I applied it, but I don't want that to be my life. I don't want to repeat the same adversities. You know, if anything, I'd rather new adversity come into my life so I can learn something new. Um, I don't want to repeat any cycle. I want to constantly be pushing to the next thing. So give me bigger adversity world, God, you know, give me more opportunity because I've learned from the previous one. Um, so yeah, Sylvia, I'd love to pass it to you one more time. Any, um, reflection or thoughts on, on that? And, uh, we'll, we'll round this one out. Hopefully it'll be a good discussion for all that are listening. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for for hearing me out and uh, allowing this to be a safe space to share. Yes, thank you, Lauren, for sharing. And I think I might just implement that more into my practice as a healthcare professional. I already have, but I guess when I sense that other people think things are weird or strange, there's still a part of me that gets really uncomfortable. And so I try to minimize the discomfort for both parties and move on and um for a while when things weren't so adverse as they are currently 
I don't think I felt so uncomfortable being uncomfortable, but lately that threshold has shifted. And so it was a good kind of recognition within myself. And you're like, yeah, you should do it. I'm like, yeah, I absolutely shouldn't. I have. And now I'm acting like I'm scared to do it again. So thank you for saying that and for um, listening. And it goes to show too. Going, you know, I'm listening to you and hearing your daily practices of scripture and God and Bible study, and I'm captivated by it. And, you know, I'm not the type of person who grew up in church or with any specific religious affiliation, and I don't have that in my life, um, but I can see how helpful it is, and it's inspiring um, because as life uh, adversity will make us uncomfortable and when I get uncomfortable I'm more likely to slide into protective defensive mechanisms and that might not lead me the results I want in life as far as you know maintaining a sense of gratitude and kindness and openness because going back to what you said it those um, protective mechanisms will harden my heart versus soften it and so when things are adverse, I think it's naturally easier to have a hardened, closed heart because it's human nature to protect oneself and to survive. And so recognizing those reactive patterns for what they are is really helpful because then we can say, okay, I'm doing this thing again. Let me re-soften my heart. Let me um, try to give myself some space to slow down just like kids do, which I was such a beautiful um, observation you've made and, and kids do get it because they're just going by with, you know, what they feel like. And then as adults, we get put into this world where we're conditioned to be a certain way. And um, we are just adept. We've just learned to stay hurried and busy because that's kind of the survival of the fittest now. Um, so I think kids are, it sounds cool because, the, you know, when you have children who may kick their feet when you're trying to get out the door, it can feel really aggravating if you're on a time schedule, but it's also a really good reminder of being like, yeah, at the same time, what is the big deal? Um, everything's okay. So... Yeah. Sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but yeah, so with that with adversity, it's likely that your protective mechanisms that might be conditioned within you to keep you comfortable and protected will pop up because adversity is uncomfortable. So, taking time to recognize that and having grounded practices whether it is scripture or a spiritual practice of some sort, meditation, reading the yoga sutras, uh, listening to uh, perhaps like a mindfulness-based teacher or talking to your therapist, whatever it may be, is the, it's just that much more important um, because we can get lost within our own conditioning in those moments. So I guess that's that's kind of my, my thought in, what, in, in reaction and response to uh, what what we've been talking about, and I also I also do want to say that during this current time period in history, um, I think we're just going through a really super transformative time, and 
nobody really knows where we're going and what's going to happen next and trying to give ourselves grace and others grace is the best we can do to continue to cooperate and not further divide and uh we might not all it might be a lot of agreeing to disagree but hopefully doing so with the common understanding that we all want the same thing and then we can you know live to create a world where diversity and variety exists without there being adversity amongst that and that's that's the tricky balance isn't it so thanks lauren for this conversation thanks to our listeners for tuning in hopefully this was some thought-provoking conversation and uh i look forward to talking to you again soon thank you well, that does it for us with Embodied Experience, episode 24, I believe this was, uh, talking adversity, chatting through what it means to kind of face it, you know, uh, walk through it, and then get all the things on the other side, you know? Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation with you, Sylvie. It's been such a pleasure, as always, and I can't wait for our next one. So until next time, everyone have a great one. Thank you.